Hey folks, welcome to another Rantcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Larry. Yep, that's right. We got Larry Love back on for a special Rantcast. Not necessarily about a movie, although it might have been spawned idea-wise from a movie, but it's just over how zombies are completely and totally, utterly played out, and I'm bored and tired of them, and fuck. And the generic makeup and terrible special effects and... Basically how they've pretty much flooded the B-movie, independent, no-budget market of cinema. Yeah, because zombie movies are easy to make. All you need to do is get a crowd of people, like from a fucking high school or a Home Depot or something, be like, hey guys, you want to be in a zombie movie? Uh, show up in really bad makeup at this park. When when you try to... Because like I, me and my friends a few years ago, we tried to make a zombie movie... And we tried to make it kind of Cloverfield-esque. Like, you know, it'd be all shaky cam. And looking back, it's just like, it's such a chore because, first off, to make a good zombie movie, you kind of have to... No, first off, you got to be, like, make a good movie, period. You can't just want to say, let's just make a zombie movie. We have some blood and guts and people shooting each other. And, you know, you kind of have to plan it out. And, like, it seems to me like a lot of zombie movies follow this same format, this very same basic format of everything's normal something's arise and boom zombies then boom we gotta escape and boom the end and it's just it's just kind of it just really played out and it's like there's nothing just there anymore for the genre it's just kind of empty exactly it seems like every zombie piece of fiction and I can't say every zombie piece of fiction because there are original ones out there there's always gonna be diamonds in the rough as far as any genre goes. But most all zombie fiction is a group of survivors, some shit goes down, they find try and find a way out, and then in the end they're all fucked. I don't know if people like have some sort of weird post-apocalyptic, or I guess during apocalyptic fetish where they like to see people suffer or what, because none of these fucking movies or anything end in a good way. Yeah, they're kind of like the answer to... I guess you could say some people would see them as the last form of true cinema because, you know, everyone doesn't like the cookie-cutter, quote-unquote, Hollywood ending, but instead they get this overly depressing, overly unrealistic outcome of uh, humanity. And it kind of, like, you, you do touch on a good point, how it seems to be like this fetish of, you know, society just needs to be suffer pretty much. It's just... I, I I get that to a T. I get the curiosity, but it gets to a point where it's just like there's just too much. It's like, can we? Is there a little bit of comic relief there? Is there anything there? Can humanity get that little nudge? And it's like, no, you're all fucked, basically. Yeah, it's basically like having a movie hate fuck the apocalypse in your eyeballs for two hours. And cheesy acting and cheesy references and puns and you know machete usage and shit like that. And it's just it's just getting to the point where it's it seems like. It's kind of like, what's a good example? It's like fucking when indie movies were getting were getting more well-known. like People all of a sudden realized there were independent films, and you started getting a lot of these kind of Hollywood-backed, quote-unquote, independent films where they had all these trademarks, but they were really just, you know, studios like, hey, we got a spare $5 million. Let's just fund this mediocre romantic comedy. We'll call it an indie flick and put it in Sundance. It's just... <laughs> A.K.A. Zoe Deschanel's entire career. A.K.A. Michael Sarah's entire career. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't think that people realize that by not trying to have the traditional Hollywood ending, if you do the opposite of something, you are doing a cliche with the same intensity. Like, the, I have rarely seen any piece of zombie media, and this is why I hold up The Last of Us as a good example in that you see the apocalypse happen, and then 20 years later, mankind's still bopping around. Granted, things are shitty, but it's more like Fallout than, oh my god, we're all dead. Because that's what would happen. Exactly. It just, it doesn't like, and a lot of, what I'm starting to realize is, like, a lot of people, like, because zombies are kind of so open-ended, they're kind of so, you can go many, many places with them, you, why don't people try to, like, strive for that? Why do they always want to go for the, okay, you know, like you said, it's like it always ends up in this like dystopian future where there's no hope. You know, it seems like it seems like people think that humanity would not know how to handle zombies 
at this point in time, which I'm pretty sure the average person knows how to get rid of a zombie. Yeah, and that and, like, motherfuckers, we handled the Black Plague back in the Dark Ages. Granted, a lot of people died, but we're not all dead. I I think, like you said, like you said, again, just to touch back up on that, it's this, uh, yeah, it's like a, almost like a very misanthropic, very, you know, some forms of elitism are there, like, a sense that humanity is too stupid to band together and stick it out, which obviously isn't the case. I mean, there are actual events throughout history and recent history where, you know, people have banded together against, you know, adversity and they prevailed. So I just don't understand why zom- like the zombieism whole thing is just it's very strange and peculiar to me, honestly. And it's like it's the same shit over and over again. Slow moving zombies, uh key care uh character A or B has been bitten, oh, I'm infected, boom, the end. It's just, it's just like this, it's this, you know what, it's the simplest form of, of media act, of film to me, it almost seems like. It just simply goes in this straight line, this A, B, C, D, E order, and there's like no room for, maybe we can go somewhere here, oh fuck, maybe we can mind fuck them here, like, there's, it seems like people don't want to try to take any risks with zombie movies at all. Not even in characters. It's like the same cliched shit over and over again. Even down to the characters. Yeah, you always seem to have, like... I mean, it depends on your location, you know, whether or not they're going to be southern or from the east coast or what have you, or just generic. Because that's the Midwest, honestly, in movies, just generic. But you always have person who wants to invite people into the group. Person who doesn't trust anyone. Person who is a little shifty and might actually go insane person who is only looking out for themselves because they are a selfish asshole it's all these same stock characters and then there's you know the leader who has a level head and can do everything and blah 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 and then there's the victim usually and And our lead is either the leader or the victim or sometimes both and then there's always the woman you know whose shirt is automatically going off oh yeah that's just a horror movie thing (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Like, hold on, let me. I actually have a movie here that I'm gonna read to you. This movie is called. It's a low budget one. It's called Horrid. Enjoy the weekend. It may be your last. It's called A New Breed of Zombie Film. The Perfect Zombie Formula. Uh, listen to this. This is some of the um, quotes people have to say about this movie. A healthy representation of the three Bs: blood, boobs, and bullets. Uh, amazingly beautiful automobile photography. A sterling effort. This is this is what it boils down to, and no disrespect to the filmmakers at all. I mean, you know, it takes a lot of fucking time and money to make a fucking feature-length film. But it's like, and I've watched this movie, and it's just to the point like, dude, I've seen this time and time again. It's the same, same shit. It's the same, you know, average, okay-looking girls. You know, all of a sudden they become zombies. It's like, my God, can you give us something? Give us something refreshing. Give us something that just makes us go, okay, that's cool, or damn, that's fucked up. Then I also have another zombie movie. This is this is just to show people how plentiful these things are. I have Dance of the Dead. Now here's a, this movie to me. I'm gonna put in the. Um, I'm actually gonna give it. It's gonna get a pass because to me it takes the aspects of certain dramas, like it takes the teen comedy and teen drama aspect of other films and blends it in with the whole horror, you know, zombie uh, aspect of film, and that's it. And it's like you see these different uh, parallels, you see these different areas it kind of it tries to go to, and, you know, and it's fine and it works, you know. But it's when it's the same old shit time and time again, you know where it's going, you know how it's gonna end. Exactly. And I find the comparison to indie films rather interesting because if you think about it, they kind of zombies and indie films both kind of follow the same history as you will or if you will. And I'm talking about like the recent revival of zombies and shit, I which I would say started with the Dawn of the Dead remake. Mhm. That kind of got people interested in it. And as far as indie films go, I would say that like the first real indie film that caught traction, and I'm only talking about a specific type of indie film. I always thought that indie was a bad genre label because you don't know what the hell you're talking about. But the first that's one actually that, a good discussion. Yeah, that could save that for another time. But uh, 
I'm talking about the first real indie film to get traction, in my opinion, was Juno. And they kind of happened around the same time. But if you take a look, Dawn of the Dead happened, then you had all these basically zombie movies that were doing the exact same thing, and they just had a little difference, and Juno hit. And then suddenly every movie has like a hand-drawn font, and it's like a romantic comedy between two people who are weird together, and there's this chick, and... It's the Maniac Pixie Dream Girl effect where she's just, uh, oh, she's unique and she's come to take the protagonist and show them something about themselves. and Yeah, the Moxie Girl Syndrome thing, yeah. Exactly, and there was a bajillion of those movies, but the difference is that kind of got played out, it seems. Zombies are sticking around. What, I, what boggles my mind is how The Walking Dead, a comic book series which, to me, has really no originality whatsoever... I mean, I guess it's, as far as zombie fiction goes, it's kind of up there, but that's not really saying much. But, like, how that can not only become an incredibly popular comic book series, but it's an incredibly popular comic book series with a movie spinoff, a series of adventure games, which are actually, in my opinion, better than everything else that has come out of the entire property. A really shitty uh, uh, Activision game. I was made to promote the TV series. It has board games. It has fucking t-shirts and all this shit. Everyone knows about it. There's probably going to be a fucking movie soon. I don't get why people eat it up is another facet of this whole discussion. Uh, well, you know, what's a zombie game? Zombie movie? Zombie shit is kind of like the tap out of like stuff to be a weird stuff, quote unquote, to be into nowadays. You know, every douchebag is into zombies all of a sudden just like a few years ago every girl was into uh vampires and to kind of sidetrack it for a bit i'm gonna go out on a limb and i'm gonna say this i i have not seen the twilight movies i do you know i don't plan on seeing them but at least they gave us something even though it is kind of cliche and corny don't get me wrong to at least they gave something they kind of switched up the formula of the vampire instead of just you know, making it the same old, oh, the sun's risen, oh, we've got a cross, oh. You know, it's like like you said with Dawn of the Dead with the remake, which in all honesty is one of my favorite movies, oh, yeah. period. You know, they a simple tweak, like, okay, you know how zombies usually just drag on? What if they ran? Boom. It completely switches up the tension, the pacing. It it's just it it gives it a whole new playing field for the movie. It makes it, you know, what you it makes you want to enjoy the horror experience even more. But a lot of other movies just don't either they don't have the magic they don't have the ability or maybe they've just the form has just been beaten to death at this point I think that in the right hands creative people can still do something with the genre but I'm just not seeing it and I think that part of the reason I might not be seeing it is what I call forest for the trees syndrome which is like there's you know there's a really really great example of something in any genre it doesn't matter what it is but it's just surrounded by garbage this is also in my opinion what happened to anime recently where you have people saying oh man anime has really gone downhill from how it was in the 90s and 80s and I just think it kind of looks like it's gone downhill because we're getting a shitload of it now which means that instead of getting the best of the best that can be exported and will do well we're getting everyone's garbage it's kind of like that where you just have this big bundle of shit and then there might be something good in there but you have to wade through the shit and I just don't have the patience to do that but but you but you should be you should be open you should give it a chance you should be you know why are you trying to be a hipster about zombies they're cool <laughs> it's just zombies come on guys and the thing about like I don't know it's just like it's like the, the vamp like again like the vampire like a few years ago it's like it's something that's quote-unquote nerdy or dark or ominous and people want to latch onto it and act like they're knowledgeable about fucking at the end of the day the end of the day walking corpses pretty much you know <laughs> i've never ran into any zombie fiction experts aside from jew with resident evil and you know what resident evil and i'm not talking about the fucking movies obviously but Resident Evil, the game series, in my, my mind, at least the earlier games, they get a pass as far as zombie fiction goes because they did something different. Sure, there was an outbreak in Raccoon City in the Arclay Mansion. All that shit happened. They had a nuclear city, etc., etc., etc. But mankind, not only does society still function, but mankind was able to create task forces to get rid of 
the zombie viruses and the various shit that was made by said zombie virus and said evil corporation, which is about, I gotta say, at least 50% of all zombie fiction is an evil corporation with a super virus that gets out. What was the explanation for the zombies in 24 hours or 28 hours or 28 days, whatever that movie was, the UK movie? I can't remember. I should have rewatched it, but I didn't. God damn it! I do. Know, I've I have heard that that's actually a really good movie. I never got the chance to see it because I when it came out I was kind of a little pussy back then, so I was like I don't want to watch it. Scary. So I was kind of yeah. Let's laugh it off. I I couldn't avoid it. I couldn't avoid it. But yeah, that's great. But, but with Resident Evil, you know, even they have kind of like shifted a little bit with um like their main focus. Like instead of okay, now you're shooting zombies. Now you're shooting people with like. I don't know what are those things that come out of like bugs or, you got, or whatever. You got the Las Plagas, and you have all the weird mutations, and now there's like the fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles monsters, and that <laughs> that series is full of its own problems. But they're at least doing something different than oh no, zombies, bang, 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 bang. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and then I guess it can. Then when do you think like it spilled over into video games to the degree it did? Because that's just like that's every other first-person shooter now is you either shooting the Nazis or you're shooting the Z- Zamboses. Zambambos. Zambambos. I think that I the first real turning point, and most people are gonna think like Left for Dead or something like that, or even the older Resident Evil games. I'm gonna say the first real turning point for zombies hitting the mainstream fan in the way they did was Call of Duty World at War having Nazi zombies in it. I think that's what did it. Because, like, all the bro guys were playing that, and they're like, oh, man, zombies are cool. Now I just sound like an elitist fuckbag. <laughs> it's all right. I was, I, oh, like, when I was, like, writing my the few notes I did on the train, I was like, this just makes me sound like a complete asshole. Let me just delete a few. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, if you weren't into zombies in the year, in the year 2004, uh, you have no opinion. Your opinion is invalid and it's shit. I like zombies before you did, so I have all the opinions. My opinion's better, border. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't really, like I said, I haven't really met anyone who's said I was into zombies before you. I think that's a really difficult thing to say when Dawn of the Dead came out in the 40s or whenever the hell it did. 60s, 70s. I guess. 70s. Yeah, it came out during World War II. Hitler had fallen, and they were like, hey, let's make a zombie movie to commemorate his death. That's that American public high school education system right there. <laughs> when, when was the battle? Oh, I can't even think of references right now. I'm too tired from work. But uh, if you go back like go back to the first official zombie movie, well, not even the official official zombie movie, more like the modern ap- uh, adaptation of zombie movies, Night of the Living Dead, you know, it's this inky black, scary movie. You know, it again, the pacing's good. You know, the tension's there. It's it's kind of like there are parts of the movie where the characters just seem to be in this trance because they're so, you don't know if that's done on purpose or just for time's sake, where they just seem to be so caught up in what's going on. They almost, you know, seem to be like zombies themselves in a sense. And it, and it works, you know. And I think the movie, you know, for that movie to come out, the timing was really good. I mean, you know, it's the 1960s. There's the whole, you know, civil rights movement going on, and it's also the Cold War. So there's there's fear of paranoia and communism, and it it just all blends in perfectly. And I I think yeah, there's more drug usage going on than I'd say ever before. So I mean, you can compare, you can just draw parallels between people's fears of communists, people's fears of zombies, people's fears of civil rights change people like the whole trance thing could be a metaphor for drug usage i'm kind of reaching now because i haven't seen that movie in ages <laughs> you can download that movie for free and i oh, do yeah. it time. speaking of which going back a little bit on the zombie movie we tried to shoot i think there was going to be a part in the movie where we were going to have one of the characters just sit and watch night of the living dead <laughs> that's Here's our source material guys that breaks my uh cardinal rule of don't reference a better movie in your shitty movie, but I think it would have worked. It would have been funny. And that's another thing that irks me about zombie fiction. Now I'm just getting to, like, the metagame of zombie fiction, but every time, or almost any time, you have a zombie 
thing. Like in The Walking Dead, they are never called zombies. They're called walkers. In, uh, fuck, what the hell game is it? There's some game that just came out. It's an open world zombie game. Um, my buddy plays it, and I can't remember what the fuck it's called. It looks like Saints Row 2. It's made by some indie dev. But they're never called zombies in that. Like, they're always just like, why are the dead walking? What's going on? People have seen zombie movies. Unless every zombie thing takes place in an alternate universe where no one knows what the hell a zombie is, they're going to know what the fuck's up. Kind of like how in House of the Dead, you know, the the one character just mentions George Romero. Like, you really think that's going to give you any credibility after what I just sat through and decided to watch because I was bored? Oh, you're talking the Uva Bowl movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought uh. you were talking about the games. That's a whole... That's a whole thing. Although, they need to do... And again, House of the Dead even got away from zombies and went towards the more occult weapon things in their later games. But what they need to do is they need to make a House of the Dead uh, overkill movie. Because I'd watch the hell out of it. Quentin Tarantino needs to get on that shit. I don't know if you played that game, but it's basically a Quentin Tarantino movie anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, um, the movie I... Actually, the movie I can compare it best to is it's very Grindhouse. It feels like machete or it feels like death proof or uh you know movies like that hobo with a shotgun hobo with a shotgun is a perfect example it's all just ridiculous and they're saying fuck every other word and shooting shit and it's great and you have a guy playing samuel jackson essentially it's amazing Hmm. what console is it for i'd have to give it a shot it's for wii and uh then they did a port for ps3 you need a PlayStation Move, I think, but... Damn it. Yeah. Or you could just look up all the cutscenes on YouTube, because they're all great. I should. Question. Uh, well, let me ask you something. About Resident Evil, where do you think the series is going to head next? Because we're on the subject of zombies. <laughs> we're getting into the no-hope-left territory here. I think for Resident Evil, the way it's going to go is um, either... They are going to keep making shitty games based on these shitty movies and then wondering why the games aren't selling as well as the movies. Oh, and hey, guys, the answer to that is that people who buy video games on the whole are usually more discerning than people who go see movies, mostly because games cost 60 fucking dollars, and I can see a movie for 7 in the afternoon. And sometimes I'll throw down 7 bucks. To see. I, I saw the uh, Resident Evil movie on opening weekend and there was nobody in the theater because I thought it was going to be funny like the older ones were and it was terrible but there are people who will just throw down seven bucks and be like eh you know people with more, much poorer taste will just be like eh yeah sure I'll see this fucking movie whereas people who buy games are usually like okay this is a $60 fucking game mm. so that's I don't, I don't like the developer I'm not going to buy this <laughs> this is shit I don't like I don't like Activision's practices, so I'm not going to buy Blizzard's good games. Uh, I am not cool with Resident Evil 5 uh, not looking like a scene out of Birth of a Nation. I'm not going. not doing this. <laughs> Did anyone actually boycott RE5 because they decided to throw a few white people into South Africa where there are white people? I have no clue. That, that game, like, when I first saw it, I was like, this is going to be cool. Then you see that one scene where Chris is looking like a, the poster boy for the Aryan race just shooting, just mowing down this whole crowd of, like, black people. And it's like, uh, I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, uh, that's going to get to a few people. But I think they said they, I, no, wait, they said that Sheva was added because of the controversy, though. Yeah, it was originally going to be Jill and Chris, and it was supposed to be, like, a reunion thing. I don't. I mean, that was like the first. I'm gonna be honest. Or maybe with you, maybe like it was Claire first, Redfield. I can't remember. But that was like the first first Resident Evil game I fully got to play because you know I'm casual as hell, so I don't know that much. But and I, coming from my perspective, it even then because I played games like Resident Evil Outbreak, I'm like this, this is okay, but it's just missing that whole the atmosphere is just it, it's like I should it's like I should be playing Black Hawk Down instead of Resident Evil Five. If you get what I'm saying. Well, Resident Evil 5 was a stupid, goofy action train wreck. While it was a fun game, it was also not the best. Like, for the love of God, you need to go back, and you can get Resident Evil 4 on PC, PlayStation 2, GameCube. I think there might have been an Xbox port. You can get an HD version on 360. I'm pretty sure it's out for fucking iPhone now. Go play that. For the love of God, that is the best Resident Evil game. 
It controls like five. That's where the controls came from. But like the atmosphere is good. The characters are good. The plagas are actually original instead of just being kind of retarded. The atmosphere is all grim and gritty and shit. It takes place in Spain. So all the zombies I've, sound and hilarious. My, and I've seen my friends play Resident Evil 5. And that, again, like you said, like the atmosphere, just even the atmosphere, it makes it this creepy eerie game and that's what got you got a lot of people into Resident Evil some people would say that's when the series died I would disagree honestly in my opinion I think they should have kept going at that route but the series died when uh, Capcom in the first of many sloughed off the guy who was making the games and promoted someone else because 4 was the last game I can't remember the name of the guy. I think it's either like Hideki Kami or Shinji Mikami one of those two guys I can't fucking remember dude works for Platinum now but, um, yeah, he was one of the guys who got let go from Capcom when they decided to be idiots. And Resident Evil 4 was the last game that he headed up. After that, that's when the series died, because <laughs> the sound guy took over. Oh, God. Yeah. Christ. <laughs> oh, God. Incidentally, Capcom also fired the guy who created... Well, not created. He didn't create Mega Man, but the guy who was running Mega Man... And Konami doesn't seem to want to trust the uh, Koji Igarashi, the dude who was making all the good Castlevania games, with making a Castlevania game anymore. So, I don't know what the hell's wrong with the game industry. I think that's another discussion. But anyway. Uh, on the subject of Resident Evil, just to scoot this in there, Resident Evil 6 has already been confirmed for to be in development. Oh, yeah. I knew that was. I knew that after I saw Jesus that fucking movie. Fucking Christ. <laughs> it, let's, count, let's count the Resident Evil movies. Let's just start. Okay, when's the first one come out? Uh, 2002, 2004, 2007, 2010, and 2012. <laughs> and there's I mean, Paul Wuss Anderson made Event Horizon, which is essentially Dead Space the movie. That was good. Resident Evil 1, uh, movie-wise, eh, it's passable. But 2's my favorite just because it seems to get the most shit right. Yeah, and it, and because it, it has Nemesis, that oh, that's freak nature. The fucking, with the Gatling gun. I mean, yes, I know he doesn't have a rocket launcher, but it's still pretty fucking cool. Yeah, and he's like, in all honesty, Nemesis on his own could be his own like movie. Like, he could be a Terminator if it wanted to be like his own version of that. Essentially, yeah. But we'll never see that happen because we have to watch another fucking movie. Well, what's been going on in the Resident Evil movie? We're on the subject of zombie movies. What's been going on in that series? Break this down to me. I need to know what's going on because the first movie is like, okay, Resident Evil zombies, Resident Evil two, uh, zombies again. Then it just kind of goes off into this whole other direction of, like, you know, suddenly there's, like, millions of Michelle Rodriguez's. I don't understand where this series is going. It's like... Oh, it's retarded. Okay, let me break it down for you, old style. Um, Resident Evil 1 was a movie about infiltrating a mansion, and there's an evil AI named the Red Queen slicing up a bunch of mercenaries who are trying to find Project Alice, who's Paul W.S. Anderson's Mary Sue insert character, magical anime waifu, who has... Uh, compatibility with the T-Virus. The second one, um, she gets infected with the T-Virus at some point in the movie. I can't remember when, but Nemesis shoots shit up. You've seen that one. It's pretty good. I might actually watch that later tonight and then realize how it's not actually that good. But anyway, (laughs) Resident Evil 3 I did not see, but I think that's one where they end up going to Iraq and there's zombies and it's stupid and that's when all the cloning shit happens because Umbrella apparently clones people. Um, Resident Evil 4 was the one where they, like, there's this boat that's broadcasting a signal that's saying, come here, survivors. It's up in Alaska. Um, What's-her-face goes up to Alaska. It's a trap set by Umbrella. First, actually, before they go to the boat, they end up uh, in this hospital where there's a bunch of Zambambos and shit from Resident Evil 5 that makes no goddamn sense, and there's a dude who looks like Edgar Allan Poe, who's a massive douchebag, and also a guy who might as well be named Captain Basketball. And uh, then Chris Redfield's there for no reason. 
By the way, he's not in any of the other movies, just that one. But uh, then they escape to the boat. There's a hilarious, hilarious scene with Wesker that I predicted the entire play out of without seeing any of the trailers five minutes before it happens. And I, I just felt very proud when that happened. That movie's actually kind of hilarious. But then uh, RE5 is when the apocalypse has happened, most of humanity's dead, blah, blah, blah. There's a secret underwater umbrella sea lab 2021 zone that's ran by the Red Queen, and they keep running zombie experiments with clones and shit, and you have porno versions of Resident Evil characters that are in there, and, uh, you know, fucking Alice is like, I am the Matrix and shooting everyone, even though she doesn't have her powers at this point. Then we find out that Wesker is apparently president of Zombieland, and uh, they have to fight the Red Queen in Resident Evil 6, which is the next upcoming <laughs> shitstorm. That's what's happening. And there's StarCraft Mutalists flying around for some reason. So, so yeah. Holy... <laughs> Would you say that the Resident Evil franchise is um dead man walking? Huh? Huh? Anyone yeah. out there? Huh? Oh, I, Am I, I would... right? I would fucking say that the Resident Evil franchise is a shambling corpse, and the reason why is because Capcom see- keeps seeing that the movies are making money, and uh, then they keep trying to make the games more like the movies, because at this point they're just a money machine now, there's no guy at the helm, it's just like, make as much gold as you possibly can. <laughs> so, then the games don't sell well, because uh, the aforementioned more discerning customer base, and uh, so... Basically, I'm in line with Jews' theory. What's going to happen is that we're going to keep getting little small tidbits of good, like Resident Evil Revelation, which just got ported from the 3DS to the 360 and is actually like an old Resident Evil game, and it's good. But none of the mainline games are going to be any good. Either that or Capcom is just going to say, fuck it, the franchise isn't making money, and uh, they're either going to reboot it or have it go on hiatus, and it'll end up like basically Silent Hill. Hmm. So... I'm just, I'm just, I'm just left at a standstill overall with just zombie movies because, and just, just, I'm just tired of zombie shit in general because there's nothing left at this point. Everything's been deteriorated with the, you know, with the genre, so to speak. I do give it its props. It did have its heyday with shit like Left 4 Dead, you know, Dead Rising. Shaun of the Dead is a prime good example. Oh, Shaun of, of the Dead is so fucking great. Because Shaun of the Dead, as many people could probably figure out, if you the movie works good as a zombie movie, but even as a standalone like romantic comedy, that isn't the typical shit. Because if you were to take out all those the scenes with the zombies, you'd still have a pretty funny movie in a in a movie, you know, with some substance to it. And, you know, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you know what I just realized? We were talking about indie romantic comedies and zombie movies, and that movie's the intersection of the two, and it's amazing. Yeah, it, it's really. It's it's the standard. It's overall not even just as like a zombie indie movie. It's just a good movie. Period. Just because, you know, you you just feel like you're you're just watching this go along. Like you're just there because the characters, are, the the um, the chemistry between the characters is uh, good. The performances are good. You know, the script obviously it's well written for one, and the atmosphere that the film creates is this like this kind of cool, seedy, all of a sudden sporadic nature that's you know just enjoyable yeah and by the way people who are making zombie movies nick frost had the opportunity to make Shaun of the dead 2 and didn't because he knew that uh he had already hit the top with Shaun of the dead one so what the fuck are you doing make another movie actually unfortunately i know what the next big thing's gonna be already what? And I hate to say this because I'm an avid fan. I will go to see every shitty movie that has this genre in it. But after seeing Pacific Rim and being disappointed, the next big thing, but seeing like oh, everyone hyping it, the next big thing is going to be giant robots. Oh, God. <laughs> and I don't feel good about it. Like, uh, I mean, we're going to get good shit. I'm excited for the little fuck. I'm excited for what I'm going to be able to pick out of the uh, shit pile. But in the end, I'm still going to be picking stuff out of a shit pile. So, yeah. <laughs> Gonna have to change the name of the site. <laughs> I don't... Jesus Christ. Well, hey, at least you guys will probably get a lot more traffic. Hey, and... that's that's something. <laughs> I mean, shit. Get a lot more traffic for five seconds until they say, Hey, they said Pacific Rim sucks. What the hell? 
Okay, for a minute, what exactly is the difference between Pacific Rim and Transformers? Please um, break that down to me, please, if okay, you can. Okay, Transformers is a movie about giant robots that has cliche character development and focuses way too goddamn much on it, and fart jokes. And Pacific Rim is a movie about giant robots that has cliche character development and focuses way too much on it, with no fart jokes. Like, actually, I... To give Transformers credit, and I can't believe those words came out of my fucking mouth, but to give Transformers credit, Michael Bay is 900 times better at directing an action scene. Granted, his camera's always pulled in way too fucking close, but Pacific Rim did the same thing, and Transformers keeps me more interested when I can tell what's going on. I mean, this is the man who made Bad Boys 1 and 2. I mean, he can't go wrong there. Yeah. Let's not kid ourselves here. Whereas Guillermo del Toro made fucking Pan's Labyrinth, which is a movie with great character development, and yet he's presented the most cliche fucking mech thing that I have ever... I, now I'm not going to say that I've ever seen. I've seen a lot of shitty mech stuff. Being a fan of the genre, you're gonna find things that are just crap. But as far as mainstream big-budget movies go, this movie should have had a much better story and better acting... The CG looked nice, but the fight scenes were forgettable. So, that's my mini-review of Pacific Rim. And I don't want to say any... Like, I'll say some more on it if you have any questions, but I don't want to say any more on it myself because I plan on doing an entire rant cast about it. Oh, I've read, I've read, I've read. I cannot wait for that, honestly. I really cannot wait. Yeah, I need to see when I can get that done. Because I saw it with two other... Well, actually, I saw it with uh, my sister, who kind of liked it, my roommate, who said it was eh, and then two other motherfuckers who were friends of mine who were equally disappointed. Like, what was the whole, like, what's it, what's it, uh, what's the backstory of it based on? Um, the backstory of the movie, like, and Guillermo del Toro said he tried to avoid oblique references to any other fiction, and then he called the fucking monsters kaijus, which, uh, I'm is a genre of movies in and of itself about giant monsters, but basically there's a rift in the time-space continuum. These things are coming through. Um, the army can't beat it regularly, so they create giant robots to kick the shit out of the monsters, and it's going well for a bit, but then bigger ones keep coming through the rift, and they get harder to deal with, and uh, humanity gets beaten down, and it looks like everyone's fucked. And then what happened? <laughs> oh, um, and then what happens is Joe Hero Man and uh, <laughs> Mako McAsian Lady find the strength of an emotional bond to figure out a way to stop it along with uh, Colonel Black Guy. And <laughs> heroic sacrifices abound as they close the rift by making one of the mechs explode in it. And hooray. That's about it. That's, that's Pacific Rim in a nutshell. Oh, by the way, spoilers. Just trying to, you know, create a little tension here. So. <laughs> Spoilers but, if you've seen any other mech show. I don't, I mean, I don't know. It's just, this. it just seems like another Japanese fetish style. Not fetish, but it just, it just seems like it's all so much at one time. There's so much going on and shit. Like, the movies just seem to be, oh my god, big giant robots. Why can't there just be a scene of people just like, hey, let's talk for a minute? <laughs> That's the problem. The fucking there's. I, I guarantee you, the fight scenes in this movie total up to maybe a half hour of an hour or of a two and a half hour movie. Like, there's too much of people talking, and all of the dialogue is bad. Is it the typical? Is it the typical shit? Like, um, kind of like what the fuck? It'd be some shit like we need to we need to like it's just like stuff that's so obvious and like you could see it coming a mile away and like the typical stuff they touch on and whatnot yeah it's just techno babble exposition being delivered through people's mouths like you don't know anything about my past what happened in your past um when it's my completely brother died he it's affected completely <laughs> it's completely irrelevant to you know the fact that there are giant robots destroying the fucking city <laughs> basically and fucking when i i was calling this movie out as it played out and i hate it when that happens because that either means your movie is bad or eh, sometimes it means it's fun and i enjoy myself but that's rare 
But, like, that usually means that your movie is shit if I can give it the play-by-play as it's running. As soon as I saw this guy's brother show up, I was like, he's fucking dead. And guess what? He dies within the first five minutes. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I don't really care. If anyone if anyone goes to see this movie, they're going to know how this movie goes. If they don't know how this movie goes, then they're going to be taken in by how crap it is, like most of the internet seems to be, and they're not going to give a shit about the story framework because the characters are so great. Like, Mako is the strongest character because she has sadness and she also has strength and she's totally not just... Random love interest number 13, uh, Namato Den- or Yamato Nadashiko, demure Asian lady who the protagonist can make the cutesy eyes with. Meanwhile, the black guy just has to sit there and sulk like, fuck. Exactly. And also, I can't identify where the hell his accent is from. He's from England. He doesn't sound like it. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Well, I think it dulled it. Wait, he sp- does he speak with an English accent in the movie or no? No, he speaks like he's trying to speak with a generic Midwestern accent, but it keeps slipping really fucking badly. Oh, God, Adrius, what is wrong with you? So it's like... You are Stringer Bell, for God's sakes. What is wrong with you? <laughs> God damn it, son. Instead of sounding English all the time, it'll just sound English randomly. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Jesus. It can't just be, hey, I'm from England. Boom. He doesn't even need to... <sighs> yeah, it's supposed to be a multinational conglomerate of mech pilots, essentially. But they just decide... Wait a minute, hold on. So, obviously, let me just read off these names for a minute. Charlie Hunnam as R- Raleigh Beckett. That guy's American. Okay. Oh, my God. Listen to how he describes him. I saw him and I thought he had an earnest, really honest nature, and he was the kind of guy that I can relate. As a male audience member, I go, I like that guy. I would like to have a few beers with that guy. <laughs> what review are you reading? This isn't the reviewer. This is what Del Toro said about casting him. Oh, Christ. Because uh, when I saw that character up on screen, I was like, oh, hey, generic dude bro number 27. He's probably going to be our hero, and he has some sort of thing that's going to torture him throughout the movie and make it difficult for stuff to happen, but really not. He looks like he should be having his MMA gloves, look like he's about to go spar right now. Get on some Muay Thai to do this. <laughs> and he talks with his kind of New York accent that, again, he slips in and out of. Like, oh I don't know if that was a stylistic choice, having really, really strange accent patterns, or if it's just these people can't act. And then there's a dude maybe who the, looks exactly maybe the like Tom Schneider. Shitty. The writing was shitty. That's what I'm saying. Like maybe the writing's because like anytime when there's like a good actor in a movie that's shitty, you like like look at Battlefield Earth 2000. Look how many decent okay actors were in that movie. And that movie was fucking atrociously bad on every aspect. Well, in my opinion, like there are certain actors who can direct themselves and still be good, even if they have bad writing behind it in bad directions and then there's certain actors and my prime example of this is Mark Wahlberg who can be fucking amazing if their director's good and if the script is good but if it's not they're terrible that's because they are actors whereas the other people kind of are actors plus if you will like um that amazing Max Payne movie for instance <laughs> I need to read how this. badly this week we totally went off topic but I'm just saying that oh. movie is fucking Oh, I hate that fucking movie. <laughs> that movie was so bad that it prompted me that that was the first thing that I wrote for uh, Jews uh, old site THI a review of Max Payne because it was so bad. And I took people. We went to see it on opening night. I took people. I was like, "This movie's going to be great. The story's going to be amazing. It's just it's one of the best neo noirs I've ever seen, and it's in a fucking video game." And then they didn't use a script from the game. And also. They should have had the guy who plays Max Payne play Max Payne. Do you know why? Because they've changed Max Payne's face in two fucking games, and Mark Wahlberg looks like neither of them. And also, that guy's a friggin' actor who was in a detective show set in New York. Like, he was more, more lighthearted than Max Payne. But he's the voice of fucking Max Payne! That's it. That's Max Payne. Like, that guy's voice is Max Payne. He should have just been Max Payne in the fucking movie. But no, instead we have to pay Mark Wahlberg and get a big draw and then have him surrounded by no-name actors 
whereas you could have taken the money that you used for Mark Wahlberg, apportioned it better, gotten better actors, used the game script with the game's actor in the star lead role, and it would have and been... And used the amazing soundtrack. Yeah! What the hell happened to my nice fucking soundtrack, huh? Where's the Max Payne theme in that friggin' movie? Nowhere! The best piece of game music, in my opinion, in recent memory, is not in the movie based on the game. I hate that movie. <laughs> it's a, you know, I knew it was going to be bad based on the rating alone. I like it's PG thirteen, dude. Max Payne is a dark. It's a really fucking dark series, and you're telling me you're going to rate that a, like PG thirteen? Come on, take the risk. It would have it would have been so much better if it was R. So think, much better. I think that it could have been done without having an R rating, though. I mean, take Christopher Nolan's Following, which is a movie that was shot on black and white eight millimeter film. Or I'd, actually, I think it was 32 millimeter, but it was black and white stock because it was its like first full length film. But that's one of the most brilliant neo noirs that I've seen in a long time. And that movie, I think, only has a PG 13 rating. It might actually have an R for one small scene of nudity that you could honestly just cut out. But that movie doesn't have like any Max Payne. That movie doesn't have any need for. A massive amount of violence. It just needs the bullet time occasionally and the good story that it had. Instead, we got Mark Wahlberg going Super Saiyan and seeing demons. The message here, kids, is don't drop out of school because you will then be able to watch horrible, horrible, horrible movies. Zombie movies, video game adaptation movies, just the whole nine of just really, really shitty movies overall. Don't make the same mistakes I did. You'll be eating ramen all day and watching your fucking brother's copy of Resident Evil Apocalypse for the fifth time. I don't even have any fucking ramen, actually. That sounds really good. I might steal my, uh, one of my roommate's packs. Oh, God. I'm so hungry right now, actually. Same here. So, any, Anything else we need to touch on about zombie movies? Do we need to touch on the fact that, you know, they're dominating the fucking indie well, not dominating, but there's just so many of them. Just so many, and we did kind of go off on a tangent about other movies overall, but still, that happens. Yeah, welcome to the Rantcast, folks. That's what we do. That's true. Well, I think that uh, as far as zombies or zombie movies go, the final nail in the coffin, so to speak, ha ha ha, is that as a genre, it's one of those genres where all of the cliches just keep getting leaned on constantly. And it seems that people are either scared or unwilling to do anything original with the, uh, the films themselves. However, I did want to leave you with one note. Um, Warren Ellis, one of my favorite comic book writers, the guy who made Transmetropolitan, which if anyone knows what that series is, it's fucking amazing. Go read it. The guy who made Dr. Sleepless, which is actually what I based my avatar on the site on. Uh, and the title Future Science Jesus comes from that too. But that's great. But he made a one-shot zombie comic. But it was unique in that it wasn't like a traditional zombie comic. What it was is, I think it was called Black Rain or something. I can't remember what it is or what the title is, so I do apologize. But what it was is, it's this virus that instead of people becoming zombies, it just removes all of their inhibitions and makes them, essentially it turns everyone to serial killers. So you can still have conversations with these people. You can still talk to them. They'll just be completely psychotic and selfish and want to kill you for fun, essentially. That like, is a like good... Like in Manhunt. What? Like in Manhunt. Kind of like in Manhunt. But um, <laughs> that is a good evolution of zombie tropes. Taking the, just, you know, part of the cliche, the infection, and just spinning it off. Hell, it's even two people who went to an island for, like, their, uh, for, like, a vacation or something. Two young people. That's another kind of horror cliche, but then you just spin it off in a different direction and you get something original. That's what needs to happen in modern-day zombie movies, and in movies in general. People need to be braver. Like, I realize that a lot of the problem with movies and games is that there's studio control, and it's essentially businessmen, or businessmen telling creative people what to do. But that's the issue, I think. We need to have creative people making the decisions on movies. 
Well, I mean, but at the same time, though, there are people, like, there are movies out there, like, you know how there's those, they'll call the movies, like, Oscar bait, so to speak, because they're not the typical, like, Hollywood, you know, comedy or action blockbuster. There's, like, some substance to it. And then you wonder, like, do do people, to a certain extent, even want these movies anymore? Because, you know, the movies they call Oscar bait, those are the type of movies that were being released at a, at the pace they were. Yeah. I'm trying to think of Oscar, like, movies. I know what type of movie you're talking about. I'm trying to think if they even ma- really make money. Like that's, prob- that's probably it. I don't know. It might just be, maybe we're the weird ones. Maybe we're the ones that technically have poor taste in comparison with the rest of society who just wants to have shit that was put on a plate that they can shovel into their mouths. No hope left, is what I'm saying. Pretty much. You know what the next uh, idea... Can we give like a, a little teaser for the next rant cast, if we want to? Alright, on the next rant cast, I'm going to be talking about uh, Pacific Rim and every <laughs> single failing that it had, along with my buddy Steven, who was on uh, the Boomcast one episode... And his friend Aiden, who are both of the uh, failed YouTube LP show called Celery Hub, which I'm trying to revive, by the way. Shout out to Steven, by the way. That dude's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that dude's what, fucking what, what? nuts. But um, we're going to be talking about Pacific Rim, where it fucked up. We're also going to be uh, promoing Caddyshack 3. What the fuck is Caddyshack 3? Well, you'll have to uh, watch... To, er, wait, wait, watch. wait, 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 wait. There's a Caddyshack 3? No, no, no. Like, what happened was... Okay, I'll get a little teaser for it. My roommate, Chance, who's also another hilarious guy, but, like, he came up with the most cliche mixture of, like, a mech movie and a sports movie. Like, he basically came up with uh, Space Jam with robots, and he has it all lined out, and I'm actually going to do a fake trailer for it. Um, But he's like, and we call it Caddyshack 3. (laughs) And then I laugh my ass off for, like, five minutes. So, yeah, we're going to premiere that so be sure to give the next rant cast a listen also uh yeah li- listen to the fucking rant cast you assholes and listen to every single podcast on the robotbootbox.com it is awesome and it's especially awesome if you fucking work overnights like i do so ha 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 yeah and uh you should go to outskirtnoise.wordpress.com for all your indie music needs all your underground coffee house music, man. <laughs> um, with that, I think we've ran out of steam. So, uh, later, guys. I'm going to go find something to eat. Peace.